Welcome to the Nightly Rant. I'm Mike. And I'm Toria. This is the show where we talk about the awful things that have happened in our day, the awesome things that have happened in our day, and all the things in between. Thanks for listening, and we truly hope you enjoy. Do you miss the glory days of talk radio where the hosts knew their stuff and were not spreading fake stories? What would it be like if those same hosts could speak their mind and not have to answer to management for it? I have just the thing for you. Spencer Hughes Podcast Adventures is the new show from Spencer Hughes, formerly of Fox News Radio and a host of other places. For as little as $1 a month, you can have access to Spencer again. His insights will make you think and his humor will make you laugh. This is your chance to help a man build his dream and support his family. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Spencer Hughes today and subscribe to one of the several levels you can choose from. You will not be disappointed in the content you are going to begin receiving. Patreon.com forward slash Spencer Hughes. Adventurous content. The way radio used to be. You qualify for it, you get it. Okay. Whereas minimum wage is, we're going to pay you $10 an hour, but you still got to work 10 hours to make $100. So essentially, essentially with this universal basic income... Person A could be a doctor and work 100 million hours of their life, and person B could be a bum and work no hours of their life. And I don't mean homeless person when I say bum. I mean somebody who's choosing not to work any of the hours and get the same income. It's not about the same income, no. Like, here's a paragraph about it. It says, an unconditional income that is sufficient to meet a person's basic needs at or above the poverty line is called full basic income, while if it is less than that amount, it is called partial. So the idea is that they give you some form of guaranteed minimum income. That you don't have to work for it. You, you don't have, have to work for, work for it at all. You're guaranteed that money. Where does the money come from? Your taxes, obviously. So do you pay taxes on your universal basic income then? Um, I'm sure you would. So you're paying taxes on the tax dollars. And so if you if you had this universal basic income and then you got a ten dollar an hour minimum wage job, you'd get the ten dollars an hour minimum wage well, job. It would on top. depend. No, not on top of. You would not get anything extra until you were making more than the universal basic income level amount. So, so at if it some was, point let's say you'd it was, no longer get let, let's say it was two hundred a week. Okay. And you got a job at ten dollars an hour working ten hours, that's only a hundred a week. They're not gonna give you the universal basic income plus your hundred dollars. But you'd but get a hundred dollars basic income. They're gonna just exactly they're just gonna give you a hundred dollars basic income. Okay. And the reality is it's not a dollar for to- dollar thing because just like unemployment, okay, if you make two hundred and fifty dollars a week on unemployment and you go out and you do a job for Two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean you only cancel out two hundred and fifty dollars of the overall debt. 
each piece isn't necessarily worth one fourth, one fourth, one fourth. Okay. It could be like, you know, 50%, 25, 25. Okay. And what happens with unemployment is you get to a number that's far lower than your actual unemployment income. So like you might make, what did I say? 300 a week. That would be 1200 a month, essentially, right? I mean, if you just keep it simple. So 1200 a month, you would have to get a job making maybe up to 800 a month, and it cancels out your 1200 a month so, completely. So you make less than that. that doesn't, that's stupid. That's how unemployment works, that's what stupid. I'm saying. The universal basic income isn't going to work that way. It would be dollar for dollar. It will be dollar for dollar okay. when you bypass it. And if you make – what it's basically saying is you need this much money in order to survive. So essentially, universal basic income re- replaces both minimum wage and welfare. Well, no, it doesn't replace minimum wage because you could still say for jobs, the minimum you can pay is $14 an hour. But it That's should minimum replace wage. minimum wage. Because if you ever wanted to stop getting said universal basic income and earn more money, then you'd strive for a higher level job. So technically, you could replace minimum wage if they didn't just not have minimum wage anymore when you had universal basic income. Yes, you could do away with it because socially, it would no longer be an issue. Right. Because because, then... because if all you can find is a job making $4 an hour, mm-hmm. well, that's okay because... You're already given the money you need in order to survive. Well, and then I would guess that jobs paying $4 an hour would go back to being more for, like, teenagers and stuff who aren't getting universal basic income Exactly. And who... It would change the workforce dynamic a lot. Yeah. But it would change it back to more what it was like. Like... Back to a more reasonable way. when I was maybe a little younger than you or... Maybe about your age. So 800 years ago. You go to McDonald's or Burger King and there were high school kids working behind the counter. And maybe the odd, like, older, older person. Yeah, but even the freaking manager, it's not... When you watch, like, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and her brother is managing the fast food restaurant, that's not fake. That happens. It was for, like, college students would be the manager and high school students would be the worker. Exactly. And it's just so... So anyway... The point being that you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way. It could ultimately lead to the demise of minimum wage because the government could safely say, look. Well, it essentially should lead to the demise of minimum wage is what I meant. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And wouldn't it also replace Social Security? Because. Well, yeah, because you're already getting the money. Yeah. You'd retire from your job. And if you were getting a pension from your job, that would replace some of your universal basic income, but you'd be guaranteed living money. Yeah, but if you got to think about this, let's say you're just for sake of round numbers, let's say your universal basic income is $300. It's all you need in a month to live. We obviously know that's bullshit. But it's a nice There's no way that could happen. It's an even small number that most brains can handle. And then, most. And then you work at this job, 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 and you actually get. 1100 a week from that job well you don't get any universal basic income it's gone and you get your income mm-hmm. then you decide you would like to retire mm-hmm. well 
you're going to have a pension. If the pension is more than the universal basic income, pension pays. That's what I said. So in a sense, what it does when you think about it, and I hadn't really thought about it this way. You really triggered, that comment really triggered me to think deeper about this issue. And when you think about it, it's a kind of a neat compromise between a little too social heavy programs in a government versus a libertarian style of let the private sector well, handle it. I was going to say, I now kind of understand why it's a how libertarian thing to do because it's taking two and maybe a third social service. And I put that in quotation marks yeah. because minimum wage isn't really a social service. Right. But it's taking those three things and kind of rolling them up into one program monitored by one area of the government. And if it's a universal basic living wage, basic income. Yeah. But when we just went through that analysis, what it made me realize is there's more times that the private sector is where the money's coming from. than there are times where it's coming from the public sector. Right. Because what ends up happening is, you know, you get out of high school and you're going to college. That's when you qualify for, Universal basic universal income. Because you're now income. an adult. Would basically, well, would it, why would it even be have to wait until you're out of college? Wouldn't it technically start when you're an adult at 18? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, so not when be, you get out of college, when you go into you'd college. You'd be getting your basic, so you're getting income, basic income while you're in college. Right there, while you're in college. Which is amazing. And you can build up the money. You can pay for a lot of your bills and whatever that you right. have, right? So you don't go into as much debt. Then, watch this. Then you come out of um, college and they say to you, I'm sorry, but, you know, $10 an hour is what we pay people with your degree just getting out of school. And it would I'm el- sorry. That's another spot where it would eliminate the, like, every single job saying it need, you need to have experience to work there as well. Because, because they can offer whatever they want. And if someone accepts it, hey, that's okay. If they want to hire a $5 an hour the intern, they can. And then pay them $45 an hour. And that's the key. down the road when they're worth it. And that's the key, though, because like using that 300 number again, if you are making $300 universal basic income every week and the new company offered you $100 universal basic income, but you thought that you could go do that job for six months and learn so much that you could jump up to an $1,100 a week income, you'd go do it because guess what? You're You're never going to get less than the $300. But let's remember to point this out. Now it's coming from the public sector, right? Right. But then you go and get the job for $1,100. Now guess what happens? Now it's coming from the private sector. And guess what? If you set it up correctly, from that point forward, once the private sector kicks in, no more need for the public sector. Now guess what happens when that happens? You're still being required to pay into that system. Right. So the private sector handles the business side of it. You're making payments. Private sector's taking less money for it, so some of the money goes to the government from you that you're not using. You're now permanently in the private sector, but the people who are still in the public sector, they've got extra money to throw at them and to move them over to the private sector. And, so, and that was almost the goal of the government, is to take you right out of college, like get you out of high school, get you used to this income, and then shift you over to private sector funding. Once you're in private sector funding... All that money you're paying in, it's theirs. They own it. Um. So essentially, the people who'd be, the people who'd be exclusively getting universal basic income would be like college students, people who can't work, 
and people who no longer work. Right. Like retired people. And then there'd be the transition phase. And there's a certain percentage of, of those people retired who would be people. getting partial income. Well, and there's exactly, and there's yes. a certain percentage of those people that won't touch the universal basic income well, I didn't mean at all, all because they'll make. So you've got the you've got a possibility of paying a hundred percent out, but it's going right. to be more likely the max you'll pay out is ten percent. Well, just like all college age students won't need it, because some of them will go straight into a job where they're making that much money. Exactly, anyway. and that's and that's the point. That's what I said. I noticed the beauty of the system because. On the one hand, it's kind of a welfare system when you think about it. That's what it is. Everybody's going when on welfare. When you first say it, it sounds you know? like communism. And well, it does, but the but I think the key differentiation is the ability to make more money than what that income is. It isn't a hey, everybody, you throw your money into a giant pool. It's hey, Victoria, you throw your money that you earn into your pool. Well, because let's be real. That's why communism doesn't work. Is because it removes the. Ins- it removes, removes the, incentive the incentive to work. Yeah. But see, by doing it this way, if you're not satisfied with $800 a week, <laughs> get to work and earn more. Right. And if you want to double how much money you make, get to work and work harder and earn more. It right. starts to become really, really simple. I agree. And I take it back. I at first no was, longer sounds but, like but I'll tell you what, I at first was opposed to this when we first started this. This conversation? Yes. And my mind has changed Did right I here change in front your of mind your eyes. with my questions? Yes, because it made me think about it in a different way. Because here's the thing. As soon as you said, well, wouldn't that do away with, with minimum wage? My initial reaction was no, it wouldn't because they're separate. Because universal basic income is not a minimum wage. Because it has nothing to do with an hourly rate or anything like that. Right, but then I explained myself a little bit. But then you said, well, but the reason is no it wouldn't it. have to have a minimum wage. And, that's when I'm, and you didn't even go any further than that. And it hit me like, wow, that's true because... If I'm earning $200 because that's what my area requires for me to live, because I live some middle of the country somewhere where oh, cost of living is question. cheap, then guess what? Until I make 200 or more dollars, the government is subsidizing my income for a little while. But then the incentive is all they're going to give me is the basics. And so what that infers is there is no, you don't own a car. And you can't go on vacation. You got to take, if you can afford it, if you're lucky, a car service. Otherwise, you're taking the bus. Whatever. I take the but bus. I'm just saying, like, there's no frills. I want people to understand that there's no frills, and that's the point. Is so it pays for a welfare, roof over your head, welfare, and basic food exactly. for you to eat. And the problem with a welfare it. type system is that it allows you to, like, you know, jip the system because. You know, you only need X dollars to live, but because you played the system, you're getting X times 10. Would people get additional income if they were to, say, have a baby? Be a single person with a baby? Have the thought of that far through? I would guess yes, because technically their basic expenses are higher. I would say there's a percentage that would go up, but nowhere near what it does right now. No, like... I don't know what happens with welfare here, but I know that if you have a baby and you're on welfare in, in Canada, you, for your first baby, your income level for the month almost doubles. Well, but see here, be Very realistic. Be realistic. We quite literally spend half the time, just the two of us, and half the time, four of us. us we two. quite literally double in size. Okay? Yes. And they're both old enough to eat the same amount of food we eat and drink the kind of food we the kind of stuff we drink 
as far as volume goes. They're this, they're in that age, so it's not like they're children, babies, infants, toddlers. They're actually adults that haven't quite made it to adult. Hi everyone, yet. this is Mike, and I truly hope yes. you enjoyed this show. And they have adult You're able to subscribe to this show so on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, so as to never miss an episode. If, by chance, you did miss an episode here or there, you can catch up on all shows, past and present, by heading over to yogispodcastnetwork.com forward slash TNR show. Thanks for listening. Right, that's what I'm trying to say. Right. Thank you for correcting me. Because that's what I meant, is that they come here and, yes, food, food is doubles, doubles but, and entertainment but electricity, doubles, and that's But it. electricity doesn't double. Right. Right. Cell phone bill doesn't double. Okay, so I have a question now. Uh-huh. If, okay, you mentioned that it would be a different level based on where you live, which makes total sense because it's more expensive to live in Los Angeles than it is to live in Ohio, which I learned today... California is not the highest. Remember that screenshot that I sent you where it said the amount of money you need to live, you need to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Ohio is the cheapest and Hawaii is the most expensive. The most expensive, right. And so it, you'd need a different amount of money if you're living in Hawaii versus living in Ohio. Right. I would assume that all living expenses are on the same kind of scale. Mm-hmm. But so would this universal basic income be run at the state level because the living expenses for a state are relatively static? Yes. Or it'd be, it wouldn't be like, it no, wouldn't because it be should like, be a local law. Somebody from Ohio making a, a buttload of money would never be paying into universal basic income for somebody in California. Right. And think, I, I could be totally off base here, but think about how you explained to me how healthcare works in Canada. It's done province by province. Mm-hmm. And so if you moved from one province to another, there's a short period of time where technically you don't have local insurance. You get a you get a ninety day grace period. Like if you move from Alberta to BC, you get ninety days where your health coverage is still good in Alberta. So if you move to like a border town, you could just drive across. But and then you have like a period of time where you have to apply for BC healthcare. And BC healthcare you have to pay a premium for, so then you'd have to pay. But see, there you go. So there's differences. But there's differences in yeah. how it and how it works. And it should be the same thing here. Because Things that work for people in California obviously don't work for... Same things won't work for people who live in Ohio. Exactly. If your minimum universal basic income here needs to be like $35,000. But here's the kicker, though. Okay, here's the kicker. Because this is something that some people have tried to push. And I don't agree with this. People say, well, once you you know, move to an area and you get something like that, you should be able to take it with you to another area. So if you haven't yet earned more than the basic income... Of California, you should be able to move to like, I don't know, Mississippi out in the woods and get the same income. And I don't but agree you're with no that. Living and in I don't agree with that because it's called basic income. And basic right. income is what you need to define as what you need in order to survive. And I'm going to add comfortably. And by comfortably, I don't mean like, you're not ooh, I have a huge cushion. I mean, you don't have any days where you go hungry. Right. That's you know Which the key, and you got a roof over your head, like and you don't no have to lavish, just yeah, no lavish things. But you right. know what? If you need to be able to have a hamburger for dinner tonight, you should be able to afford to have hamburger for dinner because another night you're going to offset maybe a little bit. Maybe you have decide you want carne asada, so you spend a little bit more money on the meat. Well, next time you buy chicken, 
you know, or you eat mac and cheese or something. Right. You know, you have ways to make up and balance it. And I think that's what the key issue is, is that basic income has to be defined. What is basic income? Because then that's how, if you work and focus on that definition of basic income, you can't have abuses to the system. Because it is what it is. You all live in this area. I don't care that you have four kids and they have three. We've determined that that's only a 0.2% chance of a difference. So that's all you're getting. And since that only amounts to a penny, it we're not adding formula. it to your money. Well, yeah, and that's the point. There's a formula. And there wouldn't be any, oh, please, you know, give us this much more. I mean, you gave us 300 for the first two. So why did you only give me 100 for the last two? Well, because that's what the formula said to do. Well, and then no that, arguing that amount it. would get less and less with how many children you have because they're no longer, well, I guess you might have to move up a house size, but. All depends. There'd be, I would say there'd be cutoffs where it's a graduated scale. So the more kids right. you have, it goes down lower and lower and lower. Then it hits a point where. It takes a little increase and then it keeps going lower and lower. And My then guess it, is it and then it takes a, a and then minimum it takes, people per room. And then it takes a jump up. To a little bit more expensive. It would be very complicated to set up. Yes, it would, but you'd have to define it. Because if you didn't define it, if you didn't define it, it would be left open to abuse. Unless you legitimately did it per person, and then children would be granted a small amount of universal basic income. Well, yeah, and that would be the best way to not get cheated. Because, like, one of the things that I've heard, I don't know that people do this for sure. And I can't, in this day and age, even see how it's possible. But people used to, like when I was younger, I'd hear stories about, oh, the family has a dog and three cats. Well, guess what? That means they have six kids, not two. And they register the dog and the cats with a human name. But I feel like pets are a luxury. But I'm saying they register them as though they're human That's children. Asinine. Human children. They don't say, these are my pets who just happen to be my children. They say, oh... That's Piper. He's my son. He's my newborn son. You did not birth that. That's Priscilla. If it's not the same. She's my two-year-old daughter. You get the point? Like, yes. they make it up. And that's how they're gaming the system. But with your suggestion of tying it to the individual, well, <laughs> Pretty Girl doesn't have an account with the government and never will. Do she wouldn't qualify. Do children here get registered for a social security number at birth? At birth. Interesting. Then it'd be perfect if you have a social security number. Yeah, we're going to give you we're going to give you this and and it starts at when your time when you're 18. Yeah. And then I would guess there'd be And honestly, you could change it in order to make sure that it's totally fair. You could actually change it to the same way that child support is done. Either when they're 18 or when they graduate um, high school. Right, because you get a whole lot of high school students. That because, are well, and also if there's some that there. are like some that are like 18 and they don't graduate until June, right. well, they should still get, uh, they shouldn't get their universal basic income yet because they're probably still living at home with but mom. at the same point, then it shouldn't be 18 at all. It should be graduating high school. Yes. I went to college when I was 17. Yeah, no, you're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. That was my original Why comment earlier. Yeah. That was my original comment earlier, and you interjected that it should be an adult, and I was like, hmm, interesting, maybe. And but you're right, I didn't actually. Think of that. But actually, it's true. 
the kid who graduates early. I mean, what about kids who make it out of high school at 16? They should, they're going out into the world. They're going to have to be able to take care of their own needs. They should get it. So then it should be, well, because you're not, are you, you're not required to graduate high school, are you? You're only required to go to school until you're like 16 here. Right. So then perhaps it should be day you graduate high school or 18th birthday, whichever comes second. Yeah. No, that doesn't even work, though, because that would still fuck over the 17-year-olds going to college. Well, I think the whole just graduating high school is the key. That's it. That's the that's the decision point. The day you graduate high school, that next day, you're eligible for the UBI. And if you don't graduate high school, then when you turn 18. Yeah. Interesting. That fixes the problem. Yeah. Because the only people that w- would be having to wait till they're 18 is the people who drop out of high school. Which and here's then you're the making thing. your own choice. And here's and here's the thing. Yeah, you're making your own choice. I'll just wait until I'm 18 to get that money, and I'll drop out now. Because you could have stuck it out. I mean, notice we didn't say they had to pass all the classes. We just said they had to graduate. That just means they have to meet the requirements to graduate. That isn't. That doesn't mean you got to get an A plus on everything or a 4.0 average. No. It's not like a scholarship. You know, it's here. You go. You're moving on into life. Right. And it's interesting because it's kind of a socialist type approach. But by fixing some of the holes that socialism itself has. It would do what we always say the government doesn't bother to do. The government right now takes a very broken system. For example, welfare. And they just put band-aids on it and some duct tape over here and then some super glue up here and then maybe a big old band-aid on that and then it's peeling so add some more duct tape over here like why don't you just take this broken fucking thing and i know this is a very millennial way to look at the world so take the super broken thing and rather than trying to put more band-aids on it put it in the trash and give it a new get a new thing and the reason i say that's a very millennial thing to say is because my grandpa would be extremely offended that I just said that. My grandma had a measuring cup and the, the handle snapped off, and he invented a new type of glue to put it back together because he didn't want to buy a new one. <laughs> my mom still has said measuring cup. It's really I gross. I don't know I'll how I sometime. feel about that comment, though. Because what the lazy programmers do in the programming world they get assigned a task that's maybe partially written or it's written and it works in a way but they want it to work in a different way and that person just trashes all that code and writes their own code from scratch now they're lazy and they're also thieves if you ask me because had they done it the way they're supposed to do the way the conscientious developer does it they would have fixed the problems and integrated the changes into what was already there. That would have taken 40% of the time they ultimately build. So if they build you 10,000, they could have built you 6,000 and but I think that's done different. the same work. And the reason I think that's different is because they're not they're taking something that's incomplete and throwing it away because they're lazy. They're not taking something that's broken beyond repair and throwing it away because they desperately need a new one. Well, give me an example of something that's broken beyond repair and you need a new one. I'm getting what you're saying, but I need an example. A vehicle that has been in a fiery car crash. You cannot fix that. Who would ever think you could? 
Exactly. Well, who thinks they can fix some of the government systems that are going on? But that's not, you still haven't given me an example. Yes, I have. It's something that you cannot fix. You need to throw it away and get a new one. Well, like, what's an example of a government thing that's broken that you can't fix that you should throw away and get a new one of? Welfare. Welfare. Okay, and I'm not saying I disagree. I'm delving into this. What makes welfare the first thing that pops into your head, then? Because why? it's what we were already talking about. Okay, that's why? I'm sure it's that... It's not because... I'll tell you why it would be the first pop in my mind. Because it's the one I've heard the most abusive things about on both sides. Like, like the woman that I dated that had the disease, okay? Mm-hmm. Her mom got paid a caretaker's um, payment for her for having her in the house. So... Even though the sister would continually threaten, allegedly, to charge her rent, she knew that wouldn't happen because she went in 50-50 partners with her mom. And the reason that they were able to do it is that the mom was nice and being the typical parent and going, you know what, there's $10,000 going in here. She's only going to pay two, I'll pay eight, but I'm going to give her 50-50 ownership. Mm-hmm. Just to appease her and make her feel good, so she'd threaten to give. She would. She would threat. She would act like she owned half, but she would prove every time that she knew she really didn't because she would threaten to charge rent, but she knew that if she charged rent, her mom would lose the caretaker money, and then the caretaker money was what made it so her mom could give her the extra thirty percent. To name a few other government policies, now that I've had. But that's a good one. Thing. That's a good one. I think it's the most abused system. Medicare. Medicare? Why is Medicare a problem? It's broken. Why, though? Because people are abusing it the same way they're abusing the welfare, and it's the same But it's abused on the provider side, not the the user side. It's broken. It's abused in place. Obamacare has always been broken because that was a wrong idea. That was a socialistic idea that wasn't going to ever work. Gun laws? Drug laws? Gun laws, there's way too many loopholes. Gun laws, there's way too many things that are illegal for adults. we've, We've talked about it. It's just... What currently exists is broken, and they, the, the Democrats think that they're going to put a Band-Aid on it to stop, stop school shootings, and it hasn't, and it's not going to. Okay. It's broken. Hold on a second. Let me make a correction in something that I said now that you've shed more light on the situation. The lazy programmer does just say, I'm going to throw this out, okay? But even the good programmer is going to be brought into a situation where they're going to be told, okay, well, we have the system and it does this and we need it to do this. And that good programmer is going to take that job because that doesn't sound that difficult. Only to find out that 15 other programmers were presented with 15 other scenarios and they have now patchworked together 15 other development teams work. And, and now you're an supposed to and now you're supposed to do it and you're like Do you know that it would take me 400 hours just to read the code to understand what's going on? And then I start working for you and it's going to cost another 400 hours? Or we could throw this in the trash and I could charge you 600 hours and be done with it. There's your example. Yeah, In your words of something that is so broken that it's not worth fixing. Yeah. Yes. Because it it gets to the point where trying to read through the bureaucratic bullshit takes longer than the actual process itself. And I used the example of my grandpa because he spent 40 hours inventing this new glue 
when he could have spent, and he probably spent more than a dollar inventing yeah. this new glue when it was a dollar measuring cup from the dollar store yeah. that he had to fix. But see, here's the thing. That sounds like sentimental value to me. It is. Of course it is. But it's my um, example. But no, but that sounds like sentimental value to me. But here's the thing. With a universal basic income, there'd be no reason for anybody to be homeless. Right. Which means it would also, Cause it don't would forget, also replace cause don't all forget. of the affordable housing no, problems. Because don't forget, the landlords would be also given a universal basic income for the situation that they're in. So the landlords wouldn't have to charge $1,900 a month for a one-bedroom. Prices would go down. Prices would come down. And then and people therefore wouldn't the amount have of to universal be, income needed would go down. Right. And so people wouldn't need as much money. And the whole goal would always be to transition everybody at some point in their life to the private sector. Because the, the theory of how it would normally work. Now, of course, there's going to be people who are going to get seriously injured. They're going to have to go on disability or whatever. That's going to happen, okay? There are people in the world who just cannot. <clears throat> but that happens a lot. That happens a lot more right now. Like, almost everybody ends up on public assistance at the end of their life. Almost everybody. Right. Okay? And that's something to be avoided. Because it's, number one, it's not going to take as good care of you as it should. And you're going to suffer big time. And number two, you're raping other people's money. Like, it's right. not your money. You should have... A basic amount that you're allowed to have. And if you can earn more than that, lovely. That's called incentive. And that's the reason the welfare system's broken is there is no incentive. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if I can figure out a way, not saying I would ever do this, but if I was to be able to figure out a way to give her a name and a fake birth certificate and try to make her a kid, that's why I say I don't understand how people would do that today. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't the computers pick that up in like seconds? When you file your income tax, you have to have the social security number of the offspring you are placing. Every child. Is that not required for welfare? Well, yeah, but they get fake ones. Back okay. when there was paper. And that's why I'm saying, now that it's not just paper, and it's all interlinked computer files, I would there think that anyways. they can't really create a kid that doesn't exist. Now... Could they create a disability that doesn't exist? Well, People course. do that all the time. And they but, can still have additional children to get additional welfare. That right. is what it is. And all those things can happen. Yes. That wouldn't go away with the new system. No, it wouldn't. But that is what it is. But because you're only attempting to meet basic needs, it's you're not going to give out as much money. And like I said, it gets to a point in time where the vast majority of the public is being paid out their basic income from private sector. Right. Because even, here's the thing, if you were paying me $1,100 a week, and my basic income was 300 a week, and I only really earned 100 a week in pension, mm -hmm. you're still forced by law to pay me the basic income of $300 and so the in the private sector. The people working that are making their $1,100 a month are being taxed yeah, by the government. To pay for this. And that tax money is going right. back to pay. I see. Right. But it's kind of a pay it forward thing. You got helped out when you were in college and now you're paying it forward to help somebody exactly. else out when they're in college. Exactly. And my guess is if you looked at the amount that you could make it so that you, specifically you, got your universal basic income for this amount of years and 
you're a typical adult and you did all the typical adult things. And now the money you put back in should be exactly enough to pay for another typical adult going through the exact same kind of Well, thing. yeah, and you know how, like, this is another thing that would get fixed. You know how, like, on child support orders, you have to put down your income and expenses, and if anyone is helping with the income and expenses, mm-hmm. well, you wouldn't be able to lie and say no to that anymore. If, if actually the answer was yes because every they would adult have a record the right there'd be a record of who lived there they would all have their own interaction with the government and that problem would be fixed and even if you decided to lie and say the person living with you wasn't working they would have a basic income level to yeah. assign to that person yeah so no matter what they wouldn't ever have to quote leech off the system end quote. so now now you can take your feist about how you didn't think this was going to be a good topic and it's gone because this is the longest podcast we've done in a long time. Well, I just remember thinking, that's kind of dumb. Why did I put that in the list? Now you know why. Yeah, it turned out good. Like I said, I feel very political after those libertarian meetups. I see. Especially when I get to talk to David or George because mm, I think they're both both very intelligent people. It is a hot-ass sauna in our house right now. It's not so hot. You're a liar. Feels good. Don't lie to the people. I like the it. dogs are both on their back with all their feet as far away from their body as they can get. <laughs> dog, dog, dog. What are you up to, buddy? He's upside down. He's cute. When he's and the tiny down. one is sleep woofing. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's her hint that she's done. I just can't sit here without the fans on anymore. Good night, everyone. Hasta la bye bye.